members of Good Shepherd Congregation, family and friends that have gathered here together this afternoon, and especially to you, dear family and friends, Gaylene, grace and peace, love and mercy. From God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this afternoon. The epistle reading that we heard just a few moments ago. An aged Paul at the end of his life writes these words to young Pastor Timothy. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, many of you know at least the name George Carlson. He, a uh, famous comedian, very popular in the 60s and 70s, uh, got a job conducting train late in his life on uh, PBS. He's probably most famous for a Saturday Night Live routine that he did. A Saturday Night Live routine where he made fun of God. He started out this way. How did God get such a good reputation? Everything he has ever made has died. And there was laughter, but it was nervous laughter at that. He went on to mock God, mock Christianity, mock the church, and certainly mock the very reason that we gather here today. And that's really how the world works, isn't it? You can ask yourself, it's okay. Why am I here? Why am I in God's house? Am I here to hear the word of God? To be comforted at the time of loss? Or is it, you know, just something that you kind of have to do to pay your last respects and show respect for the family of Roger? People don't understand why we would be here today for the former reason. The world has much more important, much better things to do than to be in God's house, sing old songs, and hear readings from an old book. But my friends, we know better. We know that life is hard. We know that nobody gets out of it alive. And we also know that there's no such thing as a 
hitch or a trailer on a hearse. So, what do we expect when we come into God's house today? Pious platitudes or the truth? Well, the truth is, God does have a great reputation. It was never his intent for anything or anybody to die. When God created this world and everything in it, it was good. It was very good. It was perfect. It was holy. There was no sin. There was no corruption. There was no death. But all of that changed one fateful day in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve, the crown jewel of God's creation, thought they had better words than God's word. They made a fateful decision that affected not only them, but all of creation and all of humanity, even us. Adam and Eve brought sin and all of sin's crushing consequences upon them and upon the entire world. No, they didn't drop over dead. Satan is way too clever for that. Satan lies. He twists the truth. He deceived Adam and Eve. But the sin was still the same. God could have wiped them out and started over, and he would have been perfectly just in doing that. God could have said, you made your own bed, now lie in it. But instead, God in his love and grace and mercy and peace gave a word. A word of promise. A word of life. He said that one day the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head once and for all. The first gospel, the proto-evangel, the first gospel promise. Adam and Eve believed that promise. They believed that word. They clung to that word. They passed that word on to their children and their grandchildren and generations not even born yet. Throughout the pages of the Old Testament, we have record of the people, the children of Israel. People who make mistakes, make bad choices, who sin, who war, who get sick, who die, and yet through it all, the message of God, the message of a Savior goes forward. And when the time was right, when the time had fully come, God does as he always does. He keeps his word. He kept his promise. When the time was right, Jesus was born. Born of a virgin. Born under the law. Why? To redeem all of us who are under the law. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, for us and for our salvation. That's why Jesus came. That's the true meaning of Christmas to take away our sin. Jesus lived a perfect life. He 
put himself under the harsh condemning law of God, the Ten Commandments. He didn't sin, not once. He fulfilled the law perfectly. Jesus didn't sin, he didn't have to die, but he freely and willingly took our sin into himself and onto himself all the way to Calvary's cross. Jesus dies the death we deserve. Jesus becomes our substitute. As Pastor Moline likes to say, the great switcheroo. Jesus really died on that Friday we call good. But he didn't stay dead. Three days later, Jesus conquered our greatest fear, death itself. Jesus, who was dead, is now alive, never to die again. Jesus, victorious over sin, death, and the grave. Jesus, who has earned eternal life for the entire world. Jesus, who gives it away. That's right. Many people would be willing to pay everything they have or ever will have to live forever. Jesus gives it away for free. He gives it to us in the waters of holy baptism where he delivers the deliverance. He delivers Good Friday and Easter to us there. He continues to feed us for this difficult journey called life as we hear his word and believe his word and eat and drink Christ's body and blood in, with, and under bread and wine. And he promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us or abandon us until he takes us to be with him to the mansion prepared since the beginning of time. My friends, that promise is the promise that Roger was baptized into. That promise was the promise that Roger clung to, believed, demonstrated with his actions in the 25 plus years that I've had the privilege of being his pastor. Roger never brought attention to himself he wasn't loud and boisterous. A couple of times I asked him about serving on boards or committees. He said, oh no, that's not me. That's not me. And I respected that. But he was here. He was always here. Roger and Gaylene, two peas in a pod. Always here. Hearing the word of God. Believing the Word of God. Exercising his faith in the Word of God. A great witness by his actions. Always oh, great dad, great husband, faithful, loved and adored his granddaughter. Good man. A good man in a world where good men, I suppose always, but especially now, are in short supply. 
Up until COVID, he was in church every Sunday. And then when the fear and the hysteria hit, it was tough. It's tough knowing what to do. Did I leave the house? Did I come to church? Might get sick, might die. But after a while, he was back. And then, he wasn't. I said to Gaylene, I says, everything okay with Roger? Not doing so well. Maybe you could come by for a visit. Be happy to. Came by for a visit. I almost did not recognize him. And I had just seen him three weeks before. I couldn't help but think of 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. Unexpected weight loss is never a good thing. We all knew how serious it was. Visits in the home, visits in the hospital, visits in the nursing home. Again, nothing new, nothing special. Pointing Roger to his Savior, pointing Roger to the one who had earned the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting for him. And even though some days it was tough, he always heard that word with a smile on his face. At the end of our visits, even when it was difficult to form the words, the words were always the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My friends, all of us, in a sense, are journeying to death. None of us will live forever. The wages of sin is death, and we're all sinners. It's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen for happen like my mother, who died peacefully in her sleep shortly before her 98th birthday. Or maybe it'll happen like my dad, who dropped over dead of a heart attack 30 days after his 44th birthday. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know it will happen one day. And so the question that God lays before us today is, what are we going to do about it? Well, there's nothing we can do about it. But thanks be to God. God has done something about it in the gift of His Son, Jesus. Roger is dead, but he lives. That makes no sense. That makes no sense to the world, but it's true. It's true because God says so. Roger clung to the promise of God with all of his life. And now, 
Now he is before the throne of God. Angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. All the company of heaven, that includes one more now, Roger Potter. What an amazing thing. Folks, it's no pipe dream. It's no pie in the sky when you die kind of hope. This is reality. And it is based on the perfect life, bloody death, and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is God's gift for you. These words, these words in 2 Timothy 4, while they were written about the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, could have been written about Roger Potter. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My friends, there is no greater legacy in the history of mankind than these words right here. Roger fought. He fought to live. He finished the race last Tuesday morning. He kept the faith. Not because he was so strong or wise, but because God loved him with an everlasting love. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Jesus wore a crown of thorns, and he gives to us the crown of righteousness, the crown of life. My friends, it doesn't really matter why you got, came here today. What matters is that you heard the word of God. You heard the confession of faith that Roger clung to with every ounce of his being. And you heard that God's love for Roger is also his love for you. My friends, there is a grand and glorious family reunion that awaits. It's not some all dogs go to heaven kind of nonsense. It awaits for all those who believe in Jesus. The same Jesus who loved Roger and loves you. My prayer is that all of us here and all of us listening would join in that family reunion. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, and our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.